Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Review Show. Sunderland have opened up a lead at the top of the League One table and Lee Johnson's side have racked up their fifth win in six games by beating Accrington and Stanley 2-1 at the Stadium Light on Saturday afternoon. The mood on Wearside is pretty much the best it's been in, in some time, in a couple of years actually. And to dissect the game and the talking points around it are three guests as always. First and foremost, I've got the Accrington and Stanley viewpoint. Tony from Across the Pitch joined us during the week. It's actually your hat-rick of shows now, Tony, because you've been on two preview shows, so you're making your hat-rick. But how are you feeling this evening, mate? Are you all right? Mixed, mixed feelings, Graham. Uh, nice to be with you again. Um, happy with the performance and uh, disappointed with the uh, the result. But uh, overall, uh, you, you know, it was a good football match and uh, I thought we I thought we played well uh, and represented the, the club well. So, uh, yeah, I'm upset. No, I'm not really upset. I said disappointed, but uh, pleased with the way they played. Yeah, you, you, you always want the points, but the performance, I think I think we can all agree it was a good game. Thankfully, I can say that from a winning perspective. So naturally, I've got a bit more of a biased viewpoint, but it was a good game, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, secondly, in the Sunland corner, they're ever faithful now, actually, to be fair. Dave Lawrence. Dave, Dave, how are you doing? Are you good? Yeah, very well. Like you say, another victory. Managed to uh, managed to catch the game today as well through a busy day. Um yeah, yeah, all happy. You can't complain after a win on a Saturday and the mags getting beat. What more do we want? Yeah, I mean, it pretty much went exactly where you wanted it to go, didn't it, to be completely honest? But um, but yeah, always good. I mean, Sunderland first and foremost winning. Mags getting beat is a wonderful bonus, especially when it's by a, a fair good margin as well. Um, and last but certainly not least, obviously, Jack's not with us this week. I think he's out gallivanting. He's probably gone into Tonic. I've seen him in there a few times. He's uh, the tricky customer. But we've got a, a sound replacement. Some would say even better. And a podcast debutant. Obviously, he's recently been heard on the wonderful Wiseman Say podcast. But he makes his debut for What the Fork, the third best Sunderland podcast this evening. Um, welcome to the show, Brad Sharp. Brad, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, Graham. Thanks. How are you? Always good after a win. Um, same as Dave. And... and Opposite to Tony, yeah, not too bad, mate. But good game today, wasn't it? Felt quite nice. We're talking at what twenty to eleven, it feels quite good, doesn't it? Yeah, I've been buzzing all day to be honest, mate. Um, we, me, me, and my partner took a little three-year-old. It was his first first ever game today as well, um, and he loved it as well. So, all in all, a great day, and great result. And like uh, Tony said, it was it, it was a good game of football to be honest. If you watched it from a neutral point of view, um, it was end to end. Uh, plenty of chances from both sides, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it from a Sunderland bias. I think I think we did edge it quite slightly and came out on top, deserved. You said it was uh, the the three year old's first game. You have warned them that it's not always this good, haven't you? Yeah, my ten year old already taught them that because he's been going five years now. So he said, Harry, it doesn't get as good as this all the time, mind." So uh, yeah. <laughs> the ten year olds are even realising now. Even the ten year olds are battle scored. Jesus. Um, Obviously, getting into the game, we'll, we'll dig straight into it. I'll, I'll go with the Sunderland boys first, as you said, because there's more of us, I guess. So we're winning slightly. Tony sort of outnumber you there. But <laughs> top of the league, Dave, playing well. Academy products and youth stars are, are shining bright. Today's game, how do, you, how do you sum it up in a short, snappy few paragraphs there? Yeah, um, not quite ruthless enough. But mm-hmm. won the game. What more can we ask for? Um, the pleasing thing is we are creating chances. We're playing. To, it's getting better, isn't it? Some of the football is very, very easy on the eye. Um, you know, we're getting the right players in the right positions instead of just these uh, instead of just these crosses into uh, our old friend Charlie White. 
Who? We're, um, we're actually looking for overlaps and stuff. Right back scoring goals. Can you imagine a right back scoring a goal? I mean, where, where's Phil Parkinson? Where, where's he at? Has anyone seen him? Because there's no way a right back would have scored under him playing football. That's for sure. I seen him. I seen him with Ryan Reynolds the other day. I'm not going to lie. I seen him with Ryan Reynolds the other day, and I thought, "What's Phil Parkinson doing with Ryan Reynolds?" It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I remember he was at Wrexham. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm trying to think of who, like, totally going off on a tangent, but I'm just happy that we've won. But I'm trying to think of who would be, like, Hollywood's most boring actor. And that's basically Ryan Reynolds sitting around an executive's table with Phil Parkinson. It's definitely on Nicolas Cage, as they put it that way. Definitely <laughs> on Nicolas Cage. Pick up for Ryan Reynolds. He's Canadian, so i got to say, yeah, he's, I've got to stand up for him. That's fair. To be fair, occasionally funny tweets, but... Totally going off on a tangent here. Ryan, if you're listening, you're welcome on the show, mate. Ignore Dave. <laughs> Ignore Dave. Um, same question to you, Brad. Obviously, it's things are great. Like, I mean, obviously, we'd always prefer to be in a, a higher league, but we're watching Academy Stars doing really well. The football's really nice. I'm even getting sort of turned around by Lee Johnson's cack babble that he normally comes out with, which annoys me at the best of times. But um, Brad, how, how are you feeling following the game? Like, how did you how did you find the game in a short, snappy couple of paragraphs? I really enjoyed it, mate. Like, like it's been touched on. It was just the, watching the Academy products is just, mate, it fills you full of pride. Although you might, we haven't, obviously, we don't know them. But when Dan Neal's put that ball away today and he's ran to the South Stand and all the players have come down and they were, yes they're buzzing because we've just scored and went 1-0 up but you could see in all, every single player they were just delighted for Dan Neal and it just seems at the minute that the players get the fans and the fans are feeding off the players and um, everyone seems like we're, we're all pulling in the, the same direction we just we all feel as one at the minute and it just shows on the pitch um, we're, we're very quick at getting the ball forward something we've lacked for years uh, Graham is, is pace and we've got that in abundance now, and it's it's, it's just brilliant to see. Yeah, it absolutely is. brilliant, and, and it's just wonderful. You're right. I'm I'm trying not to be too buzzing because we're like six games in, and I know all too well that something can make things come crashing down. But it is good. Like I mean, I think Lee Johnson said today when obviously we'll get onto Dan Neal because obviously he's he's a wonderful next Lionel Messi esque sort of Iniesta player. Um, but he said, I think he said he had a lump when he saw it when the goal went in. And I felt a bit like that when he said he ran to the corner because that's where he used to sat. And I thought, I mean, I can't kind of score from 30 yards, but I'm, I'm, if I could. Um, and the lad next to me, Lewis, obviously, of, of I think previously Wiseman said, maybe he still is. He said, he said, yeah, he's living the dream there, living the dream by doing that. And it was just stuff like that's better than just going, oh, for God's sake, you know, so-and-so has dropped the cross or what's he doing in defence or oh, why we concede in the last minute. So it's, it feels weirdly positive. So something will go wrong somewhere, but I'm hoping not. Um on the flip side, Tony, as you said before, I I, I honestly think, and I'm, I'm, I say my honest opinion to every guest, and I've been really lucky that I've won every game that I've done a review show on so far, but I think it's fair to say that Sandy probably give us one of our toughest games of the season so far. I feel like you always do at the Stadium of Light. Um, maybe not always at the, the Wham Stadium. I know we've won a couple of games there by, by threes and twos, but at the Stadium of Light, obviously we've never beaten Akron and Stanley, and I felt again, although you did lose... You, you really sort of showed up again today and gives a really tough game. And But at the end of the day, I, I, I get that we won. And obviously you can hear me, Dave and, and Brad are buzzing. And as he said before, a little bit upset because you want to win games of football. But you've had a few hours to, to digest it, Tony. How is the mood in the, the Accrington Stanley sort of fan base then? Well, I think, I think positive because uh, of the way the lads played. Um, 
uh, when they give when they went behind uh, one nothing and then uh, you know showed some resolve and, uh, and got the really a fairly quick equalizer from the set piece. Um, and that's one of the things I think one of the strengths of the team is because of the height they've got. And I mean, it was a really good header into the into the back of the net. Um, I mean, I'm a bit more obviously more biased on the Stanley point of view, but I thought the match was a, a lot closer than uh, our two other learned guests here. That, and I thought that um, your fullback there, I think he kept the ball off the line, and and it could have ended up a draw. Um, might not have been a fair result from your point of view, but I thought I thought we played well enough that if we'd have got a point, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that would have been unjust, but um, your I got to say your keeper, the new the, the new fellow came in. Um, he seemed a bit shaky uh, during the match at some points. Um, I don't know if it was nerves or the crowd or whatever or his first match. Um, he did he did sort of settle in at, at towards the end, but there was sometimes that he 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 might have made uh, uh, some of the Sunderland fans a bit nervous. I I know he was a bit shaky at times, but. Overall, uh, really good game of football. Um, I thought we created chances. Um, I, it's a bit disappointing that our strikers aren't aren't scoring yet. Uh, and again, we had two of our top players out with the with the uh, uh, you know with injuries. But I thought Hamilton when he came on the second half, Rappel, I thought made an impact. Uh, Clark played well, so I think it bodes well for our Stanley. And, and like ten years ago, who would have who would have said? that you guys, Sunderland fans, would have been over the moon with a victory over Accrington Stanley. So I said, I think that says a lot about how far Stanley has come in these years, that that it's a big, it's celebrated as a big victory because you beat Accrington Stanley. And I think it does, and I think some people would hear that as in, like, because I know some people, there's been some debate tonight about Sunderland shouldn't celebrate, and of course we should, but I think if you're taking it from an Accrington Stanley viewpoint, as you have just said there, Tony, I think to be fair, I did say today, walking into the stadium, and a lot of people agreed. Like t- today's a big game; we need to win. You know, Accrington have come up and twice taken points off us, and once went in front two 0 and a couple of years ago came back last season. And and I always think the only thing that, as we talked about in the preview show, that could potentially hinder Accrington would be would be squad size. But you always give people a game, and and I think to be fair to Accrington Stanley, you've the name might not be massive, but there's, there's certainly a much better team that's in there now. And it, and it felt like today you were every every bit as much as involved as, say, Wickham were, for example, and as dangerous, if not more dangerous than Wickham were. And I know Wickham are stereotypically and, and historically a smaller club, but they've just been promoted, uh, sorry, relegated from the championship as well. And, and naturally, there should be up and around those those playoff or promotion positions. And I felt you were every bit as good, if, if not better than Accrington. And that probably is just testament from a an accurate viewpoint of how far you've come, isn't it, really? Well, yeah, and I, I think, uh, you you know, certainly Coleman wanted to go for a, a result uh, because he brought on all four strikers and dropped Dion Charles to the wing back uh, and went to a more of a, well, almost a 4-3-3 with, the, with Malcolm sitting behind the front two. Uh, and I think that shows that he um, he wasn't willing to accept uh, just a, a 2-1 defeat. He was going, to, he was going for... Uh, uh, a point and um, thought that he could do it. So, uh, all all hats off to to the to the lads and, and the coaching staff for uh, giving giving it a good goal. 
In terms of starting lineups, obviously with a couple of changes for both teams, but Dave, I'll, I'll come to you first with it. Um, I love the name Ron Thorben Hoffman. Obviously started in goal, and that was, I think, the only change we actually made, or the only expected change that we made. We'll get onto his performance soon because I think there's been a little bit of debate about it. I do have my thought process on it. Um, but when the team was announced, were you quite happy with the way it lined up, including the fact that um, the Hoff, as he'll now be known as, was not going to be hopefully hassled within the net, or at least given the chance to not be hassled? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you're, I don't think you're signing players from, although there's a contradiction in this, but I don't think you're signing players from players places like kind of Bayern Munich too without them becoming an integral part of your side, basically. You know, there's. I'm sure they probably had higher offers from other players where they probably would have sat on the bench. So I'm sure that's probably why they've dropped down to our level. Uh, quite big signings for the level, really. Uh, and it just shows you, I thought, I thought, obviously we don't know how they've trained and stuff, but I thought the winger was probably unlucky not to be included in the squad today because I think Gooch is... Gooch is doing okay, and I thought he did all right on the left today, but he's kind of been a little bit indifferent. So I think his position's potentially under threat quite soon, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think lineup wise, to be honest, mate, as long as Ross Stewart's playing, I'm over the moon. I don't care. I just love the bloke. I'm like, I'm genuinely in love with him. I don't care if he scores five goals all season. I still love him 25 times more than Charlie White and his family. <laughs> and that's my new like tagline on this show. Every every week, every time I come on this podcast, I'm just going to slay Charlie White because I hate him. I absolutely hate him. I don't mind admitting it. He got a yellow, he's had more yellow cards than he has goals this season. No? I know it's that. Yellow carded again today. But uh, yeah, you know what? I'm the same as Frosty was playing. I'm quite happy. And Carl Winchester, of course, I love big I love a big Carl. Well, he's average size, really, isn't he? But um, I love oh, average size Carl. Um, definitely made it up. He's, he's kind of, he's made that right back slot his own at the minute, hasn't he? And, and fair play to him. And, you know, we've got the luxury of this Huggins, who we don't know much about, but obviously quite highly rated and thought of. Um, and he can't get a kick at the minute, and he's not going to get a kick if Carl Winchester keeps playing like that. And and I wasn't the biggest fan of of kind of Carl Winchester in the middle of the park. So to see him thriving at right back, I'm all for it. Like you say, it's just this newfound optimism, which <sighs> poor Tony, he's here kind of going, what are these lads talking about, you know? But we uh, it this is this is strange for us. This is really strange for us. So long may it continue. Brad, obviously, there was those changes that were made. Um, Hoffman was the main change, realistically. The rest kind of picked themselves as it was. But Corey Evans, obviously, club captain. He was really impressive in the first couple of games and we've missed him for a few weeks. We've still continued to win games, so maybe not a surprise to see him in the squad. Um, but were you quite happy with how the, the, the side lined up? Yeah, I'm a firm believer if, if it's not broken, don't fix it. We've won the last... I can't remember how many we've played Burton since, but we've we've got a, it's like a good cohesive unit at the minute, and you, you don't want to just throw players in for the sake of throwing them in. I mean, I think Dejaku. I've heard a rumor, I'm not too sure. I think he, he picked up a bit of a knock, and um, but then listening to Lee Johnson, I think he said that he's just quite not there yet. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't had a full preseason, so they're just going to bed him in slowly. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Hoffman was okay. Um, you could tell he was a little bit shaky, but when you watched him, 
I, I, don't, I don't know if it's because we know where he's came from, but you can see when, when the ball's going along the back line, he's got it at his feet. A touch of um, like Manuel Neuer. He just wants to play the little ball to his centre-half. He wants to play football. He doesn't want to lock, knock it long if he can help it. I thought his distribution was quite good. Um, yeah, I did too, actually. And towards the end of the game, I think he, he came and collected a few things. Before that, like you say, it could have been nerves of playing in front of 30,000 people going from a reserve side to 30,000 in the first team game. Might have got the better of him. Um, but when he settled, I thought he was okay. Don't think he was tested too much, apart from the goal, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, like you said about the team, it just picks itself at the minute. Um, Corey Evans, I'd love to see him back in, but who do you take out as, as we keep winning? And all yeah. the people are saying Luke O'Neill, maybe he's not at his peak of where he can play, um, but he's still busy. He's still putting tackles in. He's breaking up the play, so, yeah. And these lads, these lads are going to get more and more hungry for when they do meet are uh, called upon, and that's when they have to come in and take their chance. And it's just great to see the depth that we've got in the squad because you look at our bench today. With no disrespect to any other teams in League One, they would all probably start for any other team, and we've got them at our disposal. And then we haven't. We've got the likes of Dejaku and Aidan O'Brien who haven't even made the squad. Um, there are more players who might come in. So yeah. it's, it's just. And I know we might sound like we're getting ahead of ourselves, um, but we haven't had this feel-good factor for many a year. I think I think since the Sam Allardyce season, we haven't had this feel-good factor around the place. Um, the future there, doesn't it? I think I think for the first time in a while, it's we've gone on good runs, but we've known we've got players that are at a level where they probably might not improve. Where now it feels that like there's a bit of a future there potentially with like so. Daniel, and go back to the, the 09 situation because I want to come to you with this, Tony, as well. Because obviously, you picked him out as uh, one player that you want to watch. And 09 can sometimes be a bit more, Mikey. I'm just going to come out and say, I absolutely love him. And I think he's so, so vitally important that I, I don't think you can. I think he's been fine in midfield. I think he's, the way he tackled and Harry today was brilliant. And the fact that his shoulder popped out about 50 times, like while he was trying to do it. But, um, I did, I did want to ask you, Tony, in regards to the to your lineup. You, you did stick with the expected 3 5 2, which we didn't really expect it to deviate from. Dion Charles came straight back in for Mumbongo, who's obviously scored last week, and Trafford came in for, for Savin. Probably not unexpected because they were both missing only last week because of international call ups. But do you think that Mumbongo was a little bit unlucky not to, to start after scoring last week? Uh, no, he's he's coming off the bench most of the, most of the matches, and, and he only started last week because Charles was away. Um, he's just not um, uh, clicking on all cylinders at the moment. He's uh, uh, his timing's a bit off, and I know as a striker you need to play to get your timing back. But uh, um, no, I thought it was a good move in in uh, coming off uh, off the bench, and uh, I think you'll see. Unless one of the other strikers goes in, you know, doesn't start scoring or they get into a poor run of form, you may see him start. But uh, I think John Coleman has got his one, two punches uh, with the Bishop and, and Charles. Yeah. And you can see that the kind of not firing all cylinders, you could sort of see it today, but they've still got that ability to hurry and pass. And, and accurate and again, it, and it's not, a, it sounds like a, it sometimes sounds like a disparaging comment. It's not, but they're a physical, aggressive, Tough side to play against, and, and shown again today. But you mentioned in the in the preview, Tony, that the player that 
was a concern for you was Luke Nine, and as I touched before, I'm a big fan of Luke Nine. Um, and he was certainly in the thick of the action. I think he's obviously dislocated his shoulder last year and it popped out about 70 times today, I think, because he was getting that involved. Um, as I said before, though, I felt like Stanley were a very physical side. And I think, if anything, whilst other players might have stood out today for Sunderland and, and for Accrington's team, I felt like O'Neill really helped us with the, the physicality of Accrington Stanley today. But which Sunderland players did you feel gave Stanley good game and, and which players do you think really stood out for Stanley as well, Tony? Well, I thought your other midfield player that played alongside um, uh, O'Nine. Um, yeah, I thought he played. He played well. Um, and yeah, and your the your the striker up front give uh, the defenders as our centre backs a bit of a bit of trouble. But uh, I think um, overall, um, you know, that was it was a good it was a good um, football match from both teams' point of view. Both teams kept the, the, the ball on the pitch and moved it around quite nicely. And I thought the, one of the reasons I think your, your keeper didn't have to make a, a lot of saves is that when we had the ball in and around the box, uh, uh, you guys crowded, crowded around the penalty spot in the box and there was six, seven, eight players in there and there was a lot of blocked shots. And, and you know, that makes a goalie look a lot better too when you're getting a lot of blocked shots. Uh, the one thing, as I said, I think he, he he got better as the game went on. As far as but early on in the first half, I thought he made some. Your keeper made a couple of indecisive decisions uh, for coming for crosses uh, and trying to get a punch. And there was one particular, uh, almost like uh, when the ball was ricocheting around in the penalty box, and he was he was on his hands and knees. He he just looked a bit a bit lost then, but. Uh, and that's one of the things why you have good defenders in front of you, you know, and, and they did and they covered for him. And uh, and as a result, you know, really kept the ball at, at the outside. So Stanley didn't have any, you know, a lot of really close chances because, <clears throat> excuse me, because of you guys with it, where you kept the ball uh, to the outside. Felt, felt like we were very compact today. I felt those times when when Kirk and obviously he headed the ball off the line, which was ridiculous, by the way. I don't know how he managed to do that. He was right at my end, and and he just his head seemed to come off his shoulders to move to head the ball. Um, watching him back, it wasn't quite as impressive as I originally thought, but nonetheless. But I felt like those points when we got very narrow as well, which sometimes hindered us because you could get the ball over the top, but. I felt like we did kind of when you came at us, make sure that the box was full of people, so you didn't physically out muscle us, which is potentially where, where you're coming from, I think, Tony. Yeah, and, and if your guy doesn't, uh, the, the fullback doesn't head that ball off the line, this is a totally different conversation mm. and different feeling in the Sunderland camp. So, uh, I mean, a win is a win. Uh, but, you know, I mean, if that goes in, um, you know, as I said, we're both walking away with a point. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm happy because we weren't played off the park. And uh, when we go to a team that's one of the favorites for promotion and you can play with that intensity and play good football, pleasing on the eye and create chances. Um, yeah. you got to be pleased with that. And if it wasn't for, as I say, a header off the line, we could have had a point. Um, and that's the way it goes. It's a game of inches, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. hundred percent as I think many teams can testify. Dave, you knew it was coming. Tony's mentioned them. We all love them. Brad's mentioned him. Dan Neal's absolutely unreal. His first goal. What a player. What a man. Um, what did you make of his performance today, Dave? 
Yeah, we've said for a few weeks, haven't we? We we saw it when he started off at fullback that he he just sees things that nobody else sees, and and that's that's not a bad thing, you know, to, for having someone who can play defence splitting passes from deep on the park or from further up the pitch. He's mobile, he's fit, and and Brad alluded to it earlier. Hey, the kid is living the dream. You saw him put that in the back of the net today, and it, that what it means to him. I don't think for a second that it doesn't mean anything to Winchester when he scored the winner. But that goal, you can just tell. It's like, yeah, and and that having that feeling and having players in the squad, and I've said it for a few weeks now about players who tasted Premier League football and want to get back there, and that's a good thing for us signing young players. Again, having people around who know what it means to to wear that badge and know what I mean. Come on, like thirty thousand fans again, one hundred and seventy short of thirty thousand fans again for, as Tony said, you know, kind of not the most glamorous fixture in the world, really. You know, it's it's our bread and butter now, and it's where we're at, and it's where we fully deserve to be at. It was, but, gla- it was glamorous for us, not for you. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know it's uh, hey yeah absolutely fantastic I, I, it's you can't complain when someone's doing well who's kind of red and white through and through we, we love to see it we know how much football means to us a lot so to have someone there who's kind of got an identity with us it, it just means a lot doesn't it so mm-hmm. yeah it's but, fitting the, the, the timing of his first goal for it is Fitting in the week following, where he's, I think he's had an interview where he said he's been offered a couple of loan deals over the last season or two. He said, "No, I want to stay and fight because this is my boyhood club." And he's, he's knuckled down, and he's just he, he's lived everyone in the everyone in Sunderland's dream. He's just living it. Um, everyone, obviously, we say that loan done the world of good for Embleton last season, but Dan Neil just coming back and saying he, he wanted to stay and fight for his place. He didn't get a lot of minutes last season, and he's just. Proven like how good of a footballer he is. He's took his chance. He's been given a chance. He's taken it, and yeah, I just love him as well. There's a huge part for me that kind of secretly doesn't want to mention him on any podcast. So like the third tier one that I do on a Monday, and <laughs> just like if people go, oh, "Who's your best player?" I'm like, "Ah, not Daniel. Nah, nah." Because <laughs> I feel like at the minute there's there's people will notice certain players. McGeady's obviously the one, but but Dan Neil has been our player of the year so far in the first six games. Long way to go, of course, but first six games he's been the standout. Be it left back when he's not even left footed in, in midfield, and I feel like he's at the minute someone that people are kind of not really noticing outside of something. So if it stays like that, I'm quite happy. But I think I think really, Brad, that the world he's oyster if he continues like this, isn't he? I mean, there's people talking about him going up the levels, and I know it's can sometimes sound dramatic, not dramatic, um, bias, no overzealous when when you're only six games in and you're in League One and, and the kids when you played the best part of 10 games. But he really does look to have that ability, that size, that physical presence that he could potentially, if we do go up the leagues, come with us and if not, go up on himself anyway. Well, I've been saying for a few weeks now, I said we need to get him tied down for a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. And it, it's basically because of his age, it's got to say if we're not at the level where you could be in the next two or three years, then you are free to go. But if not, stay with us. We'll, the, the team will be built around him. Um, I mean, not to the same level, but similar to sort of like Jack Grealish, 
he, he stayed in the championship with Aston Villa for a couple of seasons and he had Premier League offers. I think he was offered to Tottenham and he stuck with his boyhood club and then he's went and got himself into the England squad and um, at Manchester City for £100 million. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I might be blowing it a bit out of proportion, but we've seen talent come through our academy before with like Jordan Henderson and Pickford. Um, and we know, more, we know what our academy is capable of producing. And I just feel like we need to tie him down and give him the understanding that going forward, the team is going to be his. Um, and see where just sit and see where we're at in three years. And if we're not at the level where we're planning to be, either that be top of the championship or fighting in the playoffs in the championship, then you are free to go because you'll be in your prime at 22, 23 year old. So, yeah, I, I just, I love him. I, I like Dave feels for Ross Stewart. I feel the same way for, for Dan Neal. If there's any, um, um, the, man, if Man City's board are listening, by the way, we're not, we wouldn't accept 100 million for Dan Neal. Um, that 100 million is not, it might buy a boot um, currently. So don't even think about doing a Jack Grealish on us. Um, in all seriousness, he did have a good game. One question I wanted to, to ask about Stanley, Tony. Um, we sort of discussed in the preview about how I said you always seem to have this good start and then you get to a point and sometimes it can be squad depth, it can be injuries, it can be something that affects Stanley where they finish 8th, ninth, 10th. And I know I know it was a defeat today, I know that, I know that. And again, we've discussed fine margins and obviously we're the happier and obviously we're biased and we've all got our club biases. But did today's performance, despite the fact that it was a defeat, make you think that maybe Stanley can continue to be up and round there and actually do better than maybe people might originally thought at the start of the season? Does that add to your your hope that you can actually make a real promotion push maybe for the playoffs this season? Well, I think today's I think today's match, uh, uh, you know, obviously against a uh, top team in Sunderland uh, and and people who who haven't seen Stanley play and there's a lot of uh, chatter that has been going on this week from some Sunderland people. Uh, not you guys, uh, just some of the stuff I saw that I don't think seen, I'd seen Stanley play and were predicting a, a, a sort of one-sided, uh, one-sided match. And, and, I, and knowing Stanley that that's not the team, they, you know, and they, they're going to, they're going to give everybody a good run. And uh, yeah, I think I'm happy. I'm happy with the performance and it gives me positive uh, a feeling to, to, to think we can go head to head with anybody in the league. Um, and if, and we, we are deeper this year than last year, we don't certainly have the depths uh, on the bench that uh, Sunderland does, but uh, you can see today that some of the players that came on uh, that the new signing Hamilton came on had an impact as I, as I mentioned. Um, but yeah, I, I think we, we, we showed a lot of people today uh, what Stanley's about that an underdog team, a small town team can, can do. And uh, yeah, I pleased with the performance. And as I said, disappointed, we didn't get a point, but yeah. I, think, I think we got a lot more respect. We have more respect from uh, a lot of people now than we did before the match. I, yeah. um, I just want to quickly apologize to Tony in case he scrolls through my Twitter. Cause I might've said it was going to be 11 nil this morning. So um, <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd apologize for that now. <laughs> well, say I'm gonna I'm gonna say if Tony, listen, I don't know if he's ever heard of Total Sport on the mid. It's a radio program, Tony, and I actually said I think Accurton will do give us a good game because um, I, I think they've been recruiting similar to Sunderland in the sense of bringing in a lot of youth, younger players, hungry players. And I, I said on the radio, I think I was on Wednesday. I said I think Accurton can push us. Um, 
and credit to them. They've they done exactly that. I think both teams at times were a bit sloppy with the pass. I think first half, there was a few times Akriton's left back, uh, left centre-half was just giving it to us to, to come down the right-hand side with McGeady and Winchester. But once they cut their mirrors out, like you say, it was just it was a good game of football to watch and I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. I, I just just, um, I just want to throw in, I mean, it, it shows the... Um, the way that where the team has got uh, so far is that the people, and I mentioned this to you before, Graham, that people, the teams that are sending players on loan to, to Stanley, um, you know, they're Premier League clubs, Burnley and, uh, and uh, Man City sending players. And last year we had the Chelsea goalkeeper Baxter. Um, so I think it shows that, uh, you know, we've got, we've, we've come a long way and, and that players are going to get an opportunity at Stanley uh, to prove themselves and, and, and like Brad mentioned, they've brought in, a, signed a lot of young players, uh, and and um, which it bodes well for the future. Um, now, if we get out, if, and that's a big, big if, if we can actually get out of League One, I think the odds are for, for, more for you guys than definitely than, than us. But I think we're, I think we've got a legitimate chance to, to force uh, ourselves to be in, in and around the playoffs. Yeah, I think I, I very much think so. I think I've been, I would like to think I've been, well, I've been here long enough that I can do a, a secondary podcast called The Third Tier. So I obviously seemingly have some knowledge that I've been down here and I've always been impressed by Stanley, if I'm honest. Um, sometimes frustratingly so on Friday nights a few years ago and um, <laughs> last year towards the back end of last season. But I I, I, I thought you were one of the best sides we came up against. But um, one more question for um, from a Sunderland perspective. I'll, I'll come to you first, Dave, with it because obviously we, we like these in bite-sized chunks as best we can. Um, and I think we've got to look at Carl Winchester here. I think for me, Winchester's the big one. Um, and when it comes to him playing it right back, yeah, I know he played it right back against for Oldham when he was when he was with Lee Johnson, but I think it's quite obvious when he first came that he was a defensive or potentially box-to-box midfielder. But I'll openly admit, I absolutely love Carl Winchester um, at right-back, specifically. Um, I think he's been great. I think he, obviously, McGeady and, and Gooch switch wings today. I think he did really well with McGeady. I think he gives lots of support. He's controlled. He's defensively good. We've talked about bringing in a right-back. We brought in Huggins. Good pedigree. Came from Leeds. Played last season in the Premier League against Arsenal. Um but is it now time to say Carl Winchester is Sunderland's right back and is, is going to be a right back for Sunderland? I mean, surely, surely the answer to that question, Graham, I guess is just simply on performances week in, week out. And I, I said a little bit earlier, I just don't see how you can drop him from it at the minute. You know, he's he's mobile. He's getting up and down. I think he gets up and down better than he ever did when he was centre midfield for me. Uh, I thought he was a bit lethargic, a little bit slow. And, of course, that could have been fitness issues and he might just be fitter now, you know. Um, but, yeah, he, he's good. He's quite intelligent with his movement. You know, the you you see it. He saw... Um, you saw McGeady pick up that ball for the for the second goal and his instant thought was to get round the outside of uh, Stanley's defender probably thinking more to open up the space for Aidan McGeady. But McGeady's got enough about them to think, they all think I'm going to shoot here. I'll slide rule, pass it through. And yeah, good finish as well. Hey, yeah, for, for, especially for this level. 
I, I can't see any reason why he should be moved from there for me. He's, he's good at tackling. He's good in the air. He's he's, he's shown, us, shown what he's about at the minute, I think, and uh, long may it continue for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can't deny how much I, I really genuinely love Carl Winchester. Um, we've all admitted our love for one player today. Mine's Carl Winchester. Um, <laughs> and, but, uh, I think Dave said, was it... He is Ross Stewart, his boy, uh, the oh, Highland yeah. Harland. The Irvin Ibrahim. The Loch Ness Drogba Highland. The Irvin Ibrahim. They keep coming at one every week, Graham. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, you know, you know about the whole like kind of, oh, I forget this, the whole Chuck Norris thing. Well, for me, like the whole, you know, it, it's just Ross Stewart. It's not Chuck Norris. It's Ross Stewart. You can stand around. My play for, one of the, one of my favorite things from this season, and I, it might, I, 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 obviously I love the Dan Neal story. I, I'm I'm enjoying all the youth coming in, but for me it's the the turnaround of Tom Flanagan. It's just going a little bit under the radar, in my opinion. I think the way he looks after uh, Doyle and the the other defenders is just it's brilliant. And I, I don't think he's put a foot wrong. I think. Obviously, he's going to be suspended for the next game because he's, he's had five yellows in six games, which is <laughs> some achievement, to be honest. Um, but I think it's just it, the amount of stick I, I, he's had over the last two or three seasons. Some deserved, maybe some not deserved, and some bang out of order, to be honest. Um, but it's just I, I, I'm just enjoying seeing him finding his form. And there is a reason why managers have continued to persist with him. He must be doing something that we don't see week in, week out. And, yeah, I mean, he's not, I'm not going to say he's the best player this season, but I think he's one of the refreshing ones that I've I've enjoyed from previous seasons that we've maybe just seen a, it might be a turn turning point for him now. Vir- Virgil Flan Wyke. Um, <laughs> don't mention Wyke. <laughs> I just want to put this out there because I'm, I'm sure Graham is going to apologise to you, Tony, and on behalf of the show. But... We're not normally this in love with football, and we're not normally this in love <laughs> with London Football Club. And I, I'm sure that people are going to listen to this. And like, you know, that really cheesy, horrible rom-com that's on telly that you almost throw up at. <laughs> that's basically what we're doing. And I apologise profusely. I've also just realised I'm not happy. I said vir- virtual flan white when it actually meant virtual flan dyke. Um, I'll echo what Dave says there, Tony, as well, because in previous seasons, if Graham had asked me to come on, I'd have, I'd have had an excuse not to. Um, but now I just can't wait to talk about something. <laughs> She's always good. One of the big things... Oh, cause beeping outside there. Uh, I think it might have been a crash. Hopefully not. I'll get that edited. Um, before we leave, it's become a thing where I ask everyone for sort of one word to sum up their feeling on the day. I'll... I'll leave Tony last, I think, to be fair, because obviously he's had to deal with a lot of pro good something stuff. Uh, but Dave, your experience in the one-word reviews, what, what's your one-word sum up today? Oh, that's a tough one today. What am I going with? One-word review, I'm going with fantastic. Fantastic, that'll do me. Brad, what's yours? <clears throat> that's what I think. That's uh, going to be boring. I was just going to say ecstatic. Aye, that does me. Mine's going to be Winchester just because he's class. But Tony, you ecstatic get the final also. Word. So, oh, sorry, Graham. The reason it's ecstatic as well is maybe people that are listening at this moment. And Emma's Radikan, who's just won the US Open, and I followed her career as well. So 
ecstatic is just it's just peaked over now. So yeah, we'll go with ecstatic. Final word. What's your one word to sum it up? Just before I say my one word, just to just to remind the the woman that won the British the U.S. Open was born in Toronto, Canada. Uh, uh, um, one word for me: positive. Good word. Good word to have. I feel the same way actually. I'll stick with my Winchester, but the positive is good. But as always, it's been a it's been a really positive vibe. I promise I actually haven't touched a drink of beer today at all. I've been away in Berlin, as all my Twitter followers will know. I've had far too much cocktails for for one week, so I didn't drink today. But Dave, thanks very much for coming on. Brad, thanks as always for coming on. And Tony, thanks for making your hat rick and, and giving up your time this week. I hope uh, I can have a good rest of the season apart from when they play Sunderland, which of course I'm sure you will be echoing the same way back. We're looking forward to seeing uh, you guys at the Wham Stadium and uh, hopefully we, we can return the favour. Yeah, ho- hopefully not on that case. Hopefully not. But uh, It's been a pleasure. Thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Uh, no love problem. to talk to you guys. Thanks, Thanks to you all. Thank you.